to Kick-Ass Conferences talk show. I'm Nessa Jimenez, the operations manager for Kick-Ass Conferences. And I'm Isaac Watson, executive producer of Kick-Ass Conferences. Yeah, and this is the podcast where we sit down and talk about everything conferences and events. So this week, our topic is the recent declaration of uh, community as a marketing tool for uh, conferences, or as I saw in a few articles, community being the big event trend of 2021. And we both reacted like, excuse me, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's happening? So I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about it on the podcast. Now, I think it makes sense for us to start with where is this coming from? Why and why now? Yeah, so I think uh, that there's there's kind of two two components to what's happening in in the event uh, discussion these days. Um, I think one of them is from the software side. So a lot of event platforms are leaning into this idea of creating community as like the next feature, um, as the next big thing. And I think that a lot of uh, producers and organizers are realizing that again, I guess, because I feel, I think this is why we raised our eyebrows when we saw this, but um, they're realizing the community is really important when it comes to events. And so they're focusing on it. Mm-hmm. And and that makes me just kind of go, but we like, this is something we know about already. Like those of us in in-person <laughs> events, like, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. A, the community is is critical. Like we know this. Like why this is not new. Yeah, and, and everything that's been coming out recently has been with this tone of we just discovered this. This is a totally new idea, and I think that's why it's so bizarre because community has existed since humans have existed. So for so for there to be this big declaration and then to call it a trend because trends right. come and go. That is super bizarre. <laughs> yes, I, I agree 100%. I think um, speaking of like software, I, I think the reason that software tools are going in this direction is because it's it's a, it's a natural progression from a reaction to what was done over the last year as the pandemic hit the event world uh, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. In-person events were out. And so everybody scrambled, everybody was trying to figure out how to make this work virtually. And so you have all of these, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of event platforms popping up and they all start from this, uh, this minimum viable product thing. Like you need a live stream and you need a live chat. And then they iterate on that with new versions. They add new features, then it's sponsor booth pages, then it's, you know, this, that, or the other. Um, and so I think what they're, as they continue to evolve their platforms and evolve their feature set and continue to keep producers interested, um, they're leaning on this idea of a community as being the next big thing. And I think that there are two reasons for that. One is the hit as vaccinations continue to roll out and in-person events are starting to come back. Mm-hmm all of these companies are starting to panic going. Yeah, like where's our audience? We need to keep our customers. Yes. We need to keep our customers. We need to keep this running in. Like we, 
Uh, and so th that's why a lot of people talk about hybrid, you know, and that's fine. Um, but I think the other element is this notion of um, the, the event, the community around the event being something that an organizer or a producer should be um, designing an experience around 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. And it gets back to the idea of membership or of, of being part of a group that is actively engaged, not just for an annual conference, um, but they're coming back for more. They're coming back for, they're using the platform. They're doing this, that, and the other. And so I think th those two things, the, the wait, don't leave us. And the, um, but we can do more than just an annual thing or a quarterly thing it, are what, what keeps these software companies pushing forward on it. Yeah. And the pandemic absolutely created this explosion of so many platforms that are trying to be like the platform, right? Getting all, all the audience. And of course, this concept of 365 events, right? Like the event that never ends has also become this big selling point for these apps because of course they don't sell, or most of them at least, they don't sell one event for a couple of days, right? That's not how it works. That there, it's a subscription model. The least I've seen is they'll do uh, a year. Mm -hmm. So they're already selling you the year. They're just trying to make the year seem uh, more palatable, right? Because if I know my event's three days, why am I paying you for a year of this service? And that's where this need to create this, you know, this idea of like, stay with us and make the, make the event never end, right? And you know what? That's going to make the, uh, that's going to make the, the re-signing of the contract next year even easier. If you can demonstrate value yes. to your clients throughout the course of a year, yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be less likely to go seek another solution um, when when the time comes to do the next one. Um, I think, though, that this 365 experience thing is also something that's not new. Right. I have seen this with community-based live events in the past. I've worked with clients. I've worked on teams who have this idea that, you know, we we push and we push and we push and we create this this really awesome experience in this very condensed amount of time. And that's part of why conferences work, right? Yeah. It's the energy, it's the impact, it's the in the halls, in the auditorium moment uh, that keeps people coming back for more. Well, what if we can extend that? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've worked with, uh, with people who have wanted to, you know, let's, let's keep a Slack group going. Let's do, um, you know, monthly events. Let's have local meetups that, that are organized out of the conference uh, that keep people uh, engaged and, and connected to each other. But it's really hard to do well. Yeah. Every time it's come up with the people that I've worked with over the years, it's always fallen flat. Uh, or never reached the the potential that it has because as event organizers, we work on a cyclical basis mm -hmm. and that kind of roller coaster of, you know, pedal to the metal right up to the, to showtime and then 
it drops off and you sleep for a week and you recover and then you start into the planning of next year, that isn't conducive to ongoing community management. And that's a yes. whole reason why big companies have community manager roles, community management teams. There's even a trend toward community design yes. as like a bigger, broader, more impactful thing that do this on a regular basis. And so to think that we as, uh, as event organizers and producers can do something like that in addition to organizing an annual conference, that's a lot. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is it's kind of flipping the formula backwards because it's trying to make, it's trying to turn the event into a community versus creating an event for a community, right? And that yes. the event is part of that community, not the other way around. And that's why it's it just doesn't make sense to me because an event is not a community. Like those, that's not a thing. An event should serve a community, sure, but it's not a community in and of itself. Yes, a, a lot of people may think of this as a classic chicken and egg scenario. It's like, well, you know, which one comes first? Can one lead to the other? Mm -hmm. But the truth is that except in rare circumstances, uh, you have to build that community first. We've right. worked with first-time co conference organizers. We've worked with long-time conference organizers and everyone in between. And that community piece has to exist in order for the conference to work well. It has, that's the groundwork that you have to lay mm -hmm. in advance. Uh, and I, you know, I've heard, I've heard shop talk about, you know, potential clients who really wanted to have an event, but they didn't have that community foundation first. And so all it does is it becomes either an ego or a sales project essentially. And there's, yeah. and it's not as successful. Yeah, because it's either, like you say, ego, it's about the person hosting and not the attendees, or it's just another product that you have to sell and you have to convince and you have to create a need for uh, to, to try to get. And it, that, that requires so much energy. It's like, if the need doesn't exist in the community, then you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to answer, like, why? Why does this matter? Why? Why do we want this? Right. Exactly. It's the question that you are always so great at asking, which is, why should someone care about this? Yeah. <laughs> this matter. Like, I, you, you can't just put it, it, it this, is, this is not a field of dreams scenario. Mm -hmm. You cannot build it and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> you have to build them and then give them something to come to. <laughs> yeah. And even that, because I was trying to think, okay, is can I imagine a scenario where creating the event first would make sense. And the only thing I can come back to is maybe I'm designing an event that is not for necessarily my community, but there's a community that I know that needs it. So even, you know, even that involves community, right? Like <laughs> Right, because the community has to be there. Even if you weren't the one who built it exactly. or work to cultivate it, you have to have that existing thing. I, I think that there are, like I said, there are a few rare instances where it can work. Um, and I, to me, those are, those are areas where you have like, you know, a, either a highly relevant topic 
or a, a, a cause or a, or a, a kind of a, a purpose that has incredible critical mass, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff where, where it's a lot easier to uh, create something that people will immediately click with and say, oh yes, I'm going to that regardless of, of what community is there. Um, but if you think that you have that, you're probably kidding yourself because mm-hmm. chances are you don't. It, it, like I said, it's very rare for something like that to work and to work well. There has to be an underlying community and right. community building effort that supports the event. Right. And this messaging of uh, community as an event trend, the people that are, are being marketed this idea are definitely not those types of people that you're talking about, right? Right. Like the types yeah. of people I would say that are being marketed this idea are like the really big companies, really big trade shows, really big, uh, just just basically sales events. Like that's that's the perception that I get that they're trying to market this idea of, make your sales event a community all year round. And uh, it doesn't. That's mm. the thing. That's not a community. Yeah. (laughs) That's an audience. Yes. Yes. Those are leads. Absolutely. That's a very different relationship. (laughs) That's a very different strategy than actually serving a community's needs. If you're, core question is how do I get them to buy X? Mm -hmm. That's the wrong question. Mm -hmm. What you want to ask is how can I fulfill their needs? What are their needs? Right. What do they care about? How can we create an environment, design an experience and uh, provide uh, and facilitate a, a kind of a, a, I want to say the same words again in experience or mm-hmm. like trying a total blank here, but that's fine. <laughs> um, where, where they can come and actually have their needs met. And that's, that's the key. Uh, if you aren't, if you aren't starting with that, then, then you're going to sell yourself short. Yeah. And even with, even with the trade show, there are trade show that meet people's needs, right? Yeah. That's not their community, but it's an audience and they meet their needs. Um, but I just can't wrap my head around this idea of like, why do these people want to hang out on a platform throughout the year? Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, okay, yeah. So, so let's let's think. Let's just say that we won't want to consider a 365 virtual platform experience yeah. for the community that we're bringing into our annual conference. Okay. What are we going to offer? Well, the easy low-hanging fruit is the content library. You've got all the replay videos. Mm-hmm. You've got maybe a live chat for them to come into. I mean, depending on, you know, tech stack aside, like maybe you just have a Slack channel for everybody yeah. and then keep chatting and it's organic and whatnot. Okay, cool. What else? Are you going to mm-hmm. host monthly gatherings? Are you going to showcase community members? Are you going to... Um, communicate with them? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be sending out regular messaging uh, that's that builds upon what they heard and saw at the conference? Um, or, you know, are you going to um, ask them to help solve a problem? Like 
all of those extra things beyond the low hanging fruit is work. Yeah. And if you don't have a strategy in place to help support that work, it's just going to either fall flat because you're going to realize that you don't have the time or the audience doesn't care. Um, they're not invested in it. Um, or it's going to come through as disingenuous. Like you're just trying to string them along because maybe you want to sell something to them mm -hmm. or, um, you're just trying to, um, you know, keep them engaged so that they're aware of you or something. I don't, you know, so it's the never ending sales funnel of, I, I want to sell you the idea of my platform so that on the platform, I can sell you the idea of coming to my monthly events mm -hmm. and then getting you to on the email list. It's like, this constant, just it. it yeah. I, cause just because something is free and we definitely know this just because it's free, I mean, plenty of people can sign up. Like, let's say you are going to do monthly events. Most people don't show up, right? Yep. But you're still putting in this work of creating these events, of creating these resources, of creating these content libraries, right? Um, and, and that's why there's literally people that exist to do that specific job of community management. Like, I know, haven't you been speaking to someone lately who, 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 or I think you've been following on Twitter people. That work yeah. in there. So I've actually been really interested in um, community management as a role within larger organizations. And so I've been, I've signed up for a couple of newsletters and um, there's a couple of people I know from past lives doing mm -hmm. other things that are found them their ways into community management. Um, and so it's been really interesting to me to see some of the parallels in what they do with uh, how we cultivate community through events. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so these conversations are really fascinating to me and I, I don't have any like grand epiphanies to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that there are, there's some great parallels and I think that there is a lot that community managers and designers, um, have to contribute to event organizers, um, that could help us in the long run. And so I'm, I'm really keen on continuing to pay attention to what mm -hmm. they're all doing um, and, and seeing how their own roles and, and responsibilities have evolved over the years, um, as well as having conversations with them to, to you know, compare notes. And, right, and yeah. Because they don't do the same thing that we do, but I definitely see how we could, like, have a relationship with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and a lot of community managers are actively doing events on a mm -hmm. smaller scale. Some of them are on a bigger scale. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, events are... Gathering people together around a specific thing mm -hmm. is not a new concept and mm -hmm. something that communities have wanted to do for a long time. And so it's a natural thing for a community to want to do that, um, you know, from an annual conference standpoint, which is largely the space in which we work, mm -hmm. it's a, um, it, it's a, it's a bit more work to put something like that together for a community than right. it is to do a monthly meetup, a quarterly workshop or right. things like that. Um, there's still strategy required for both. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what something that's, that that's part of the reason why I'm so interested in seeing what the community management space is doing to um, help build and cultivate those communities beyond just audience development. 
Right. Okay. And so now we, we talked a little bit about like where this is all coming from, right? Who who is trying who they're trying to target with this idea, right? But a part of that sales pitch of um, events as community or or, or at the trend of community is this idea of the event being sort of a checklist on the marketing, a checkbox on the marketing list, right? Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about that relationship of events and marketing because we don't we're not necessarily against it, but there's some nuance that gets lost. I I think um, we talked a little bit about. This might not be quite where you're going with this, but mm-hmm. I want to touch on it. And then if we need to reroute, we can. Sure. But um, we talk about sales being highly transparent. So nobody wants to go to a conference to be sold to. Right. Product launches may be exciting, but ultimately people are not there for the product launch. They're there for the other people in the room. They're there for the uh maybe the secondary or tertiary content that's Mm -hmm. actually more community oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not to say that, you know, commerce happens at, shouldn't happen at an event. Of course. By all means, commerce does. Um, You and I talk a lot about uh, fandom communities. Yes. Right. Um, And, you know, whether that's the uh, Star Trek convention or Comic-Con or, um, you know, people galvanizing around a TV show or video games or whatever that is. um, These are really strong communities that are formed around uh, an object of some sort. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of commerce happening around that. Absolutely. But it's largely community-based commerce, right? It's fan art. It's, um, you know, collectibles. It's uh, merchandise. But Yeah, comic know, books, uh, you know, getting like, autographs, photo ops, all these things. Yeah. Right. Like, that's a very different kind of thing than getting up on stage and saying, we're announcing this thing, come and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Like yeah. That's yeah. that's not the same kind of commerce that, that communities look for. And so you can um, certainly use an annual conference, especially if you're a product-based organization, to sell sell your product, but it's not a direct method, it's ancillary. Uh, you are there to strengthen your relationships with your customers and to strengthen relationships with potential customers, not to directly sell to them. And I think that that's the key distinction there. Right. Because ultimately it's, you need to give the audience something. Yeah. And not just make it an ask of like, buy this thing that we made. It's like, what, what are they getting? What, what, what you're bringing in here to ask for money? Like, no, nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to go to an event like that. Right? right now, like, say you make make software or something, right? And and you do have a a product release uh, to announce or whatever, and th- and that's there's a place for that. Um, but what the community is going to want more than just what are the new features is how do we use it. If you can help the help teach yeah. them to do that through workshops, through sessions, through demos things like that you're gonna have a stronger connection with your audience that will build their affinity to your product 
um, that's going to support your sales over the long run. But this is not a, this is not a like net new leads or um, you know finding new enterprise clients or yeah. Yeah. that kind of a situation. It, it's about uh, education. It's about training. It's about um, developing relationships, not just getting them into an ask and offer situation. Yeah, and the events serve the needs. As you were talking, I immediately thought of E3. And E3 is like this big conference. But what they're smart about is there's one part of the E3 that's very much for like the fanboys and girls. And they just want to see the demos of the games. And they want to play the games in person. And they want to be there and hear the announcements. That's fantastic. But there's this whole other level of E3 where you have media um interviewing with the devs the game devs or, or like the the companies behind these games and so their needs is they want to talk to the media they want to discuss the game in a different way than you would with just like the fan right right yeah. it's it's more of an industry type of conversation that they're having and so what they're really good at it at is meeting the needs of both those sides of that community and everybody goes home happy because the fanboys, they, you know, they saw the, the new game, the new console, the new thing that's being announced. Um, and then the media, the press, they get the interviews and all the things that they need. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's again, it's an event that's created to meet needs and, and, and for a community that already exists. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that is important to recognize when your audience has clear segments because those priorities are going to be different. I mean, the same goes for your your event sponsors. You know, they're going to have their own priorities and needs and they are more concerned about sales or about recruiting or about um, thought leadership or uh, things like that. Um, So you need to be able to cater to those to some respect based on the context of the audience you're serving. Um, but you can't just pitch to everyone nonstop. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just not. And a pitch is not a community. Again, a no, pitch is not a community. Not. <laughs> An event is not a community. A product is not a community. Um, there can be a community behind a product, like a framer. That's a great yeah. example. Like Yeah, to- so we we worked with Framer uh, on their conference called Loop. And what, what we loved about working with them is that they had this avid user base um, around their design tools mm-hmm. that what had already built itself up, even with very little effort on their part. I think that speaks to, to some of the success of their event, um, who, who were teaching themselves how to use it, who were uh, teaching each other who were mentoring, who were tweaking and hacking and uh, pushing the software to its limits in a way that helped the company grow their product Mm -hmm. um, as it was in its, I wouldn't say its infancy, but, uh, you know, in its kind of uh, early years. years, Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I would say that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great product, but um, I think that the, um, that the key around that is that, that this was a community that, that had already created itself. And then they look to bring that community into a collective in-person experience. And that was a conference that was not focused on their 
product announcements. Mm-hmm. In fact, they explicitly said, we're not doing a keynote on yes. stage. Yes. Because that's not what this is about. This is a conference about design and prototyping. Big picture, because that's what our community cares about. Exactly. And we're also going to offer workshops so that they can learn the tools. Again, developing those relationships, not selling to them. Right. And it worked. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun too. <laughs> yeah, and people left really happy and really they felt seen. They felt appreciated as a community. And I think they also left like with a, a very positive uh, feeling about the product, even though the product was not something that we spent like hours talking about or looking at or get, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I have another example of a great conference that ha- has done a really great work around mm-hmm. community building. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I attended Confab, which is a content strategy conference run by Brain Traffic. Brain Traffic is a a content strategy consultancy or an agency. Um, And they've run this event for like 10 years, 11 years. Um, And this was its second year online. I am fairly new to the content strategy world, a little over my head on it all, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because we do some content strategy with our clients. Um, Content is, is a very, um, integral uh, part. It's very cl- closely connected to design and UI UX. And, and these are a lot, lots of circles that we, um, that we work in. So it was important to me to kind of understand that world. So I dive into it and, um, the beyond the live stream and the, uh, the kind of the content end of the show, um, which was fantastic. They had, this huge content library, great. That's a great thing. People love that. They'll come back for it, mm-hmm. for the topics they're interested in. But what was interesting to me is that they had set up a Slack group for the conference. It was a dedicated Slack group, right, not just right. one channel. Right. And they took it upon themselves to pay for a regular Slack plan for all of the attendees. It was like 750 people. Um, yeah, and, that's a big bill. So they did it. They, I mean, hey, good for them. Yeah, uh, no, great. So they, <laughs> they did it for a month and they put the power of the Slack management in the attendees' hands. And I got in there and I was like, this is a little weird. I'm a little skeptical of this. I'm yeah. skeptical of most things. But uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit back and see what happens here. And it was fascinating to me to see what happened. Um, they had some predefined channels. So you have like a live broadcast channel and that was just like blowing up during the mainstream and that people use it as a live chat. It was hilarious and fun and great. They had a hallway chatter channel um, where people could have side conversations that were a little off topic or whatever. And then you start seeing you individual attendees in this community creating their own channels as they felt needs pop up. There was an LGBT, LGBTQ community. There was a um, there was a design systems channel. There was a, um, a design lead or a content leadership channel. Um, like basically as, as people self-identified and connected with each other and these topics started coming up around the industry, 
um, they would create their own channels and it worked really, really well. Now, that Slack channel shrank back down to a, re- a free plan mm-hmm. after a month. And there's still people chatting in there. I signed in just the other day and there's, you know, a little chatter here and there about this, that, oh, did you see this? And yeah, and that's great. I, that kind of organic continuous community is good. That is likely going to ebb as time goes on, um, as people, you know, turn their focuses elsewhere. Um, but I think what they've done really well is they were able to cultivate that community. They've got a, a great audience of, of return attendees, a lot of newbies as well, um, that are centered around this industry broadly without marketing anything explicitly. So, you know, brain traffic does consulting. They're an agency. They do content strategy. Were they selling their stuff? No, they weren't. This is not about that. This is about content strategy as an industry. And when you galvanize a community around that, it works really, really well, but you don't need to carry that through to a 365 experience. And I think that's part of what makes it work really well. Yeah. And and the keyword organic, because thinking about that Slack there wasn't anyone from the company or from the events making the Slack channels and going like, hey guys, come on, like join us in this channel, you know, which is so disingenuous and like dorky. It was just an an organic thing that the people saw a need and the people created it and they were, you know, they were allowed to do that, but it came from the community. And I don't think people appreciate like how powerful that is, but also how complicated that can be to create that organic energy in a community. It, I think um, to to their team's credit, they cultivated a conducive environment where they trusted their attendees and gave them the freedom to to pursue their interests and fulfill their needs within the context of the event. And I think that's part of why that worked really well. I was really, really impressed with it. Um, and especially for an all virtual conference, it, it felt the, the level of activity and conversation I was seeing yeah. in that Slack group was almost as if, and I hate to draw replicable parallels to the in-person event world, but it was almost as if I, as if I had taken all the hallway chatter and the bar conversations and the late night chats and things like that at an in-person event and mashed them into a single place. And that was really, really uh, fantastic to see that they could do that. And the platform didn't matter. It wasn't the fact that it was on Slack that made that happen. That like that, and I think obviously for sales reasons, the platforms that want to sell subscriptions, right? They 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 want you to think that oh, it's you just need the right tool and it'll happen. Like no, that community used that tool to do what they wanted to do, which was connect with each other. Yeah, rather than find the tool that can do it, like. Wait, I got to make sure I'm saying this right. Rather than, uh, well. I think I know what you're going to say. (laughs) I think I know. Find the right tool for the community's needs, not cram a community into the tool that sold you on. Exactly. That's what I'm Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I knew that's what you were going to (laughs) say. I had a feeling. We were on the same wavelength there. 
but it, it's just like with the events, you make the events work for the community. You don't try to shove a community in an event that you've already made or this thing that you decided, like, this is what they want. And now you're trying to convince people to go in. Yeah. So it, it, it all comes back to that. Like, are are you making something? Are you doing something that people actually care about or actually need at yeah. the end of the day? Okay. So do now like we're we're super close to the end of the episode. Are, do we have any final thoughts about this idea of um community as an event trend of 2021? What what parting words can we share? I think if it's a trend then somewhere along the way we forgot how important it was and that's a shame if that's true that's a shame yeah uh community has always been integral to successful events whether they're in person whether they're virtual i mean virtual events have been around for a long time they've had their heyday over the last uh 12 months but um i think that that if anything the software platforms out there are, this goes back to my two things. They're trying to keep their customers Mm -hmm. and provide value to them. And they're leaning into community to do it. Um, And that's not bad. It's just a little disingenuous because community's always been there. Um, And I think that the organizers understand how, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, it's so easy to do a virtual event. No, it's actually not. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe logistically, if you, you know, sort of technically, like that's not even true either, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) For those people who thought it was easy, they've realized how damn hard it is to actually do successfully. And that's underscoring the importance of community even in a virtual event setting. But that doesn't mean that community is a trend. It's always been there. It's always been important. It will always continue to be. So let's not let the marketing decks and the new Mm -hmm. feature announcements try and persuade us that this is a new thing when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not try to make community just like a line and a checklist. That's not what it is at all. No, no. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Isaac. I thought this was a great conversation. We'll probably keep having this type of conversation because I can't, like you see these marketing things. It's we just could talk about this all day. forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening and watching. Um, you can find us at kickassconf.com. And if you found this conversation interesting, helpful, I invite you to share it with others. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.